0: out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you.
1: Hey guys and welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. It sounds weird because I've already said that today. Uh, this is Colby Patnot and I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. Ty how are you
0: doing today? You know I'm feeling pretty good about everything except for the mariners after that weekend but you know what new series new month new me whatever also today if you're listening it's my birthday so there you go yay so, uh yeah do they celebrate but,
1: uh, birthdays in canada
0: i i mean you know no one's uh asked me to go out or anything uh so maybe not or maybe just people don't like me um but (laughs) Um, i could believe both
1: so excuse uh...
0: me (laughs) (laughs) so
1: Um,
0: but seriously yeah yeah, we um you know it was a fun weekend we had the battle winterfell i i saw in game uh dk metcalf is a seahawk uh but you know the mariners who we're here to talk about did not have a good weekend Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it's, (laughs) uh, it was pretty rough and, and, you know, my, my run differential is, is gone down the drain (laughs) now from, uh, I, I, believe, uh, you know, we, we recorded two podcasts today on, on Tuesday, uh, April 30th. This one's coming out, uh, Wednesday, May 1st. Uh, but as we were talking about in that episode, uh I believe uh the run differential went from plus forty-one to plus fourteen.
1: Yeah, in two Sheesh. days. <laughs> Whew. Whew.
0: But uh, but you know, uh coming from a fan of a team that uh had a negative run differential and still won 89 games last year, who cares? Run differential schmunch differential or whatever.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh thanks for that transition. Um so I guess on today's show uh we're going to we're going to take a look a little bit ahead at the month of May. Um we talked about this a little bit at the end of yesterday's podcast. Um so if you guys want a little preview of that, make sure you guys go ahead and listen to yesterday's podcast. It's right at the end. We're going to expand on it a little bit today. Um there's also a couple of different um players who have become available um, either via trade or, uh, waivers that, uh, we're going to talk about and whether or not the Mariners would have interest in any, uh, any of them. And then we just got the, uh, the one question from our, our man, Jordan. Um, technically we had two questions, but we cannot possibly answer the second one. Um, <laughs> we're not nearly smart enough to do that. Uh, so, so uh, apologies to, uh, that question uh, asker we will definitely uh, get back to you on twitter about why we can't answer your question um it's really because we're idiots uh so (laughs) but that's that's pretty much today's show so um
0: this is an 80 grade intro
1: it it really is we we are so good um (laughs) that is joey gallo power intro right there so again we're not going to talk about the uh the ranger series anymore uh, then we already did because we did that on yesterday's episode. So, uh, make sure you guys, if you guys want to hear our thoughts on that, go listen to yesterday's episode. Uh, today we're going to focus on the future going forward. Also, uh, what a game last night. I can't believe the Mariners either won or lost in dramatic or undramatic fashion. Um, I can't believe the home run streak was either continued or not continued. And man, did Felix really look good or bad or mediocre? So, um, there you go. So, uh it is as i'm recording this it is april 30th as you're listening it is either may 1st or may 2nd um so or you know maybe may 3rd or 4 who knows um but but for us it is we're talking about may uh which is a very interesting month for the seattle mariners um let's run down the schedule a little bit so today or may 1st may day uh, they take on the chicago cubs at 3:40 as they look to either split or sweep a series against the Cubs. Um, And then tomorrow they get a day off, which is going to be nice. Um, It is one of three that they have this month. Uh, And then they head to Cleveland for a three-game set. Um, And believe it or not, that is probably the easiest it's going to be for a week. Um, So they go to Cleveland for three. All right. Then they head off to New York to play the Yankees for four straight games. And then from New York straight to Boston to play the Red Sox for three games. And then they have to travel across the country back to Seattle to play a two game set beginning the next night against the A's uh, before they get their first or their second off day of the month on May 15th. So, Ty, that's a pretty brutal schedule. Um, I mean, what do you. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is very, uh, very reminiscent of last year when they suddenly went on that long, 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 brutal East coast trip. Um, and I think that, and it just, it kept on going. It felt like forever. (laughs) And, uh, this is kind of the same deal. And this is really when you're going to figure out just like you did last year, if this team is for real, um, is this a team that can remain sustainable? Is this a team that can hang around with better teams in baseball? Um, personally, you know, the, the month of April didn't change my expectations of this team whatsoever. So I, I don't think it's going to go well. Uh, but this team has surprised me uh, night in and night out on most occasions. And, um, you 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 never really know. This is just a weird team that maybe they're fluky, maybe they're lucky, maybe they're um, just talented. I don't know, and I, I think we'll see some of those questions answered this month, and even going into June.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, basically this the Mariners start this long stretch where they're playing. Uh, either playoff teams or teams who figure to be competing for the playoffs at the end of the year. Uh, two against the Cubs, they're probably going to be a wild card or win the Central. Uh, three against the Indians, they are definitely competing for the Central. Four against the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox, obviously, those are that's more than likely a uh, division winner um, or a couple of wild card teams there. Um, and then <laughs> they get to come right back home without a day off and take on Oakland, who... We haven't seen since the Japan series. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Um, it really is. We did not see Oakland this month or last month. Um, So that's crazy. But we do get to see them on May 13th and 14th. And then even after that, after the off day on a Wednesday, which is kind of weird, they get four games against the twins. And as of right now, the twins are one of the two or three best teams in the American League. So, so um, it's a long time. And then they have to go down to Texas and we all know how hard it is to play in Texas. Uh, I mean, it's just like, things don't get much easier after the off, after that off day. Uh, Like I said, Minnesota for four, Texas for three in Texas day off, Thursday travel day, they head back to the West coast. They play Oakland in Oakland for three games, then right back up the West coast to Seattle where they get the uh, the Texas Rangers for three, and then they get uh, two games. It's a four-game set, but uh, May will conclude with two games against the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So, I mean, <laughs> like you mentioned, we're definitely going to find out what this team is all about. Um, this, you know, this next couple weeks. I will say uh, that as far as Matchup goes, things could have been a lot worse. Um, you get to play the Cubs at home, right? So you don't have to worry about that whole no DH thing. Um, you can get a couple of those guys in the lineup at the same time. Um, they play Cleveland and Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's probably better than you. And, but they're, it's not, you know, we'll see who's pitching on those days. Tough to know right now. Uh, And then you go to New York and Boston, and actually, I think you're pretty well set up to have success in New York and Boston. Um, You know, smaller ballparks, defense isn't isn't as important in the outfield, um, or maybe it's more important. Um, But you know, not big, spacious ballparks like Petco. These are hitter-friendly parks, and the Mariners are going to have to score a lot of runs to win these games. So, I mean, I don't know, Ty. Do you think there's anything to the fact that they're playing? in good ballparks for them or is that just grasping at straws
0: yeah it would have been nice if they could also get a uh, baltimore series mixed in there but you know whatever um <laughs> but yeah i think it i think it works out pretty well for them uh just in terms of you know what they bring to the table what is their you know particular skill set And that's really at this point hitting dingers mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, that's uh you know new york in Boston that I would assume they're going to hit quite a few home runs in both of those series. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the teams that you're playing, they're you're pretty, right. pretty damn good too. So, uh, you know, I, I expect high scoring matchups, um, in both of those series, you know, Cleveland is a place that the Mariners have historically had success in. Obviously this is a much different team than, than ones of the past, but, um, just you know, looking at it from an organizational perspective, yeah, they've had some success there, and you know they got swept by them in Seattle. So you know, maybe give them a little, little, uh, little taste of their own medicine. You, yeah, you, uh, you know. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a whew, it's it's a tough, 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 tough ask. Uh, this whole month really is um, when you just when you think about the quality of teams that they're going to be playing Minnesota really good Minnesota's also historically had really good um, series in in Seattle they've had a lot of success there mm-hmm. um, Nelson Cruz is going to be returning to Seattle for the first time and uh, you know that's it's it's and then they have pitching and they have that they have athleticism that's going to be a really really tough matchup for the Mariners. Uh, and when I'm I'm very interested to see in how they handle um right. But yeah, I think I think overall this is again, it's this is when you're going to figure out if this team can is actually going to do something this year or ha, at least has a chance. Cuz even even at the end of the May, at, even at the end of the month of May, it's still very early in the season. Um, so if they do have a successful month, I'm still not going to be like, okay, here we go. Uh, but this is probably the toughest month on their schedule as a whole. Um, when you really just look at all, uh, the whole, uh, at their entire schedule, it's this, this is the month that jumps out to you. And it's, it's, it could be a, uh, really impressive month on their behalf, or it could be a disaster. And I don't think there's middle ground. I think either they're going to come out this um, looking fantastic or, you know, looking like the team that we expected them to be going in.
1: Right. I think, um, like I, said, I think this is the best way to put this. This is a statement month one way or the other. Um, either we are going to surprise teams this year and we're actually going to compete for a wild card or we are who most people thought we were. We're around 500, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse. Uh, but we're not really a playoff team. Uh, we're just, you know, kind of the placeholder team, which is fine. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. Um, I think, I think, I think, a five hundred record in this month would be impressive, but also wouldn't change anything in terms of like hey, I think they're actually you know wild card contenders or not um i I think in order for them to do that, they would have to like really impress and go at like seventeen and ten or something crazy like that, so yeah,
0: they'd uh, have to have a month like April really uh just in terms of the win losses uh to be incredibly impressive um i i still just I, I and i just looking at the matchups i just i don't see a way for that to be possible um i mean it's baseball uh but still it's just when you look at the talent that the mariners have or lack thereof compared to some of the other teams that they're going to be facing across this month there aren't a lot of matchups that, you know, blow for blow. I really see as favorable for the Mariners. Right. You got
1: six games against Texas. um, And you got two games this month against LA um, five games against the A's. Um, I think the Texas in, I think the Texas series are really going to be important for them to keep their heads above water um, so like I said, we'll we'll see the beauty of baseball is we can sit here and analyze the schedule, uh, all day and all night. Um, uh, but things change incredibly quickly. Um, the Yankees are really banged up still. I mean, what if Paxson goes to the to goes to the IL after the start, you know, what if, you know, whoever it is, Glaber Torres goes into a massive slump. What if, you know, the Red Sox lose another starting pitcher or, you know, there's just, there's injuries, there's matchups, there's hot and cold streaks. There's so much that goes into an individual baseball game that trying to project a month ahead is really difficult. Um, but yeah, when you look at just roster talent, um, right now, it's, it's just, it's going to be a really tough month for the Seattle Mariners. Um, and like you said, one way or the other, this is a statement, uh, this is going to be a statement a statement month for the Mar- for the 2019 Mariners. We're going to find out exactly what they are. Um, and if they blow it, then we know who they are. If they have a really great month, then we have a really good idea of who they are. And if they just go 500-ish again, then I think we know who they are. I, I think after this month, we'll be about a third of the way through the season. Um, and that's when you can really start to draw some pretty reasonable sample sizes, um, conclusions off of the pretty decent sample size, at least for a year. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of challenging games, um, for the Mariners this month. And honestly, I think that's, uh, I think that's awesome. Like we're going to see what we're going to see. And I'm excited to find out for sure, which, uh, which direction this team is going to go. So,
0: and I think you can take positives out of either way they go too. Um, because if, you know, if it does go poorly and they're now, you know, on a track to sell and, and um, really, you know, kind of just look towards the future, then that's fine because that's what we expected and that's what we came into this season really excited for is the youth that comes into play and, you know, seeing what you can get for some of the players, some of the veterans that have jumped out and had success this year. Um, So there isn't, I I really, I look at both scenarios positively, um, truly. And, you know, obviously I'm hoping for the best I, you know, again, this season, even though that they have clearly, you know, stated that they wanted to step back, I'm not rooting for them to lose, you know, how some people on Twitter are, you know, and and have let us know that they are, Uh, you know, because I, I don't, I don't care about a draft pick, really. Um, I just, you know, that's so far away, and I just, I, right now I'm focused on this year, and and if they can make something out of this season, then that's fantastic, and if not, oh well, because that's my expectations were so low.
1: Right. The Mariners were never going to get bad enough that they were going to get a top five pick. Um, if they were going to get a top five pick, it was going to happen totally by accident, So when I say all these people, oh, good, the Mariners lost or the people were like, oh, the Mariners didn't go far enough this offseason. They didn't they didn't tank hard enough. They were never trying to tank. They're still not going to try and tank. They were never going to pick in the top five. It doesn't matter what they did. It was it was going to be physically impossible for them. Short of just releasing every single player and taking all those massive uh, hits to their payroll and just buying a bunch of, you know, minor league free agents which nobody will ever do, It's it, they were never going to be that bad. So I'm sorry that you're upset that the Mariners aren't bad enough, but they were never going to be. So um, yeah. I don't really see the point in rooting for them to lose. Um, so, but, you know, do whatever you want. I don't, I don't really care if you're that person. Um, just, man, it must be really sad to be a sports fan for you, but <laughs> yeah. not, not you in particular, but
0: <laughs>
1: person who is uh, you know how it is yeah. so so um, let's kind of wrap up our look ahead let's talk a little bit about a couple of options that have recently become either become available or have been made available by their current team uh, in the trade market or the waiver wire um, two names have popped out we've written about them over the last couple of days at SotoMojo.com I should go check out those articles. Uh, the first name up is Michael Givens, who is a uh, relief pitcher for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Um, he, or, uh, I believe it was Kim Rosenthal who reported that the Orioles are already telling teams that they are listening to offers on him. Um, so Ty, what do you think of Michael Givens?
0: Yeah, I, Gibbons has been a guy that I've always really liked. Um, the you know the Orioles are kind of weird. Uh, it looked like Gibbons was going to be their de facto closer, and then they kind of just went closer by committee uh, this year. And that, honestly, uh, yeah. to, uh, it kind of messed with my fantasy team in our Soto Mojo league uh, oh, because wow. I was I was I was really I was kind of relying on Michael Gibbons to give me a few a uh, few saves here and there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think Gibbons gives you um you know because really this when you when you're trying to work on this bullpen it's not just for the future but it's also for this year in particular um because you know if you can get a guy that has some control and and gives you value not only this year but beyond um that's really valuable because there's still this you know this balance of are we good and are we competing or are we just looking forward to next year um So I think, and I think Givens kind of fits that mold for what you're looking for uh, right now. Um, And, uh, you know, I would never say no to bullpen pieces, to more bullpen pieces. You know, you got uh, guys like Rowena Salias and Brandon Brennan and Connor Sadzik who are, are really jumping out as prominent uh, bull, pieces in your bullpen right now if you can add someone like a Michael Gibbons to that that would be huge and if they can find someone that can be a high leverage guy like Gibbons can be and has proven <laughs> to be over the years I that's definitely worth a shot
1: yeah uh, Gibbons isn't in the Alex Colomay class um, he may be a step below that um, I wouldn't He's had high leverage situations in the past, um, and he's a he's a solid pitcher. He's not anything spectacular. The career 1-1-4 whip. Um, he just had 316 strikeouts and 272 innings, 3 uh, one 3-1, ERA. Phipps not quite as kind, but he's a solid um, 92, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, somewhere in there. Um, and he's actually quite good at, uh, inducing soft contact. So, um, this year, for example, he ranks in the, uh, 84th percentile in exit velocity, uh, which is good. If you're a pitcher that you want to be on the higher end of that. Um, so yeah, really good at exit velocity, good K percentage, 81st percentile and K percentage, uh, 72nd percentile and hard hit rate. Um, so he's been pretty solid this year uh despite the 450 era and the 125 whip he's actually been pretty good at inducing a lot of soft uh soft contact um the barrel rate uh barrel percentage of 4.4 4 is really good um average exit velocity right now is 85.7 that's really good uh he's just he's a solid um uh, he's a solid reliever who can bring some stability to the back end while you wait for Hunter Strickland um, to come back, uh, he, can, he can close if you need him to. Uh, you know, Swarzak we've seen struggle, and the Mariners are going to stick with this committee. I think it makes some sense to explore a trade. I think he's got. I think he's a free agent after 2021, um, so he's got this year and two more years of uh, club control. Uh, he's 20, going to be 29 pretty soon, so he's not a young guy, but he's a reliever, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I guess the only reason to not add or not at least inquire about Givens is that the Mariners are going to get Tui Vallalo back. Sounds like possibly by the end of this month. Uh, Hunter Strickland won't be far behind from what it sounds like. There's two more right handers that are coming back. You have uh, Gerson Bautista who is working his way back, uh, hard throwing righty as well. Um, So you have some – you just traded for Mike Wright, who's also a right-hander. You have a lot of guys who are on the verge of coming back. So um, does this create a crunch in your bullpen? Uh, Because Brennan and Sadzik aren't going anywhere. Swarzak's not going anywhere unless it's the IL. Um, So sit down Bradford. I, I don't know. Reinforcements are coming to the bullpen one way or the other. Uh, is Michael Gibbons better than Hunter Strickland? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think they're in about the same class. So, um, for me, this, this all comes down to price. What is it going to cost me to acquire him? And last year we saw Jerry DePoto jump the market, uh, and acquire, and this was in mid May, he jumped the market and he acquired, um, Denard Span and Alex Colomay for really cheap um, yeah. because he was willing to jump the market. So, could he do it this year? Sure. Uh, but it all comes down to price. I, I, when the article I wrote, I kind of wondered if th- is this is going to be similar to the Seth Elledge for Tui Valala trade from last year, you know, where we give a guy who's a reliever long term and we basically trade him for a reliever that helps us now. Um, if that's what it ends up being, then I could kind of maybe see it working, um, but I don't know. I, I think you definitely you explore every opportunity to make your team better, uh, but it, it, it all comes down to cost.
0: Yeah, I think I don't think you're going to be giving up a whole lot. You know, I think a part of giving up Ellidge, who was one of your higher-rated prospects at the time, and again, keep in mind this is when the Mariners' farm system was considered really bad, um, but better than you know others say. But, so, uh, yeah, I think a part of that is Tui Valala's uh, control. Um, at the time, you know, Tui Vilala had, what, five years worth of control still uh, at the time of acquiring him. Givens has two. Givens has had more time in the major leagues and has really just been slightly above average. I wouldn't say anything more than that. It really depends. He's kind of been inconsistent in terms of just game-to-game production. Um, I don't think he's going to cost you a whole lot no matter where he goes, and I highly doubt there will be a bidding war for him. Um, Though, you know, a lot of teams are struggling, and a lot of good teams are struggling with bullpen issues. I think, um, even though I do like the fit for the Mariners, I I just feel that there might be another team that might offer slightly more that needs him more than than they do. I think a team like Philadelphia uh right. or uh, or Milwaukee um could really uh use a uh, Michael Gibbons. Um but I would I would at least like DePoto to check in. Sure. And as he's as he's always said, uh there's no such thing as too much pitching. And even with um Tuvalala and uh uh, Strickland on the way, and Bautista on the way as well, and you know Matt Festa and Wyatt Mills and 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 uh, Art, Art Warren, Warren and, yeah, Art Warren and them, you know, still, uh, David you McKay,
1: know, Joey Gerber, David, Nolan yeah. Hoffman, like,
0: yeah, yeah. So even with that, I still, you know, you, bullpens are so mm-hmm. Uh relievers are so inconsistent in general uh you can never have too many options and i think if you get a guy like gibbons i think that gives you you know a better chance of creating a really interesting bullpen
1: yep um i would say uh, one other thing about gibbons is that he has been incredibly durable um, over the last few years of his career Uh, 66 appearances in 2016 69 in 2017 and again 69 appearances in 2018 um, 74.2, 78.2, and 76.2 innings pitched over the last three years. As uh, a guy's durable, he's going to take the ball when you need him to. Uh, very similar to Nick Vincent in that way. Um, so Givens is a really interesting guy. Um, but again, it all comes down to cost. You
0: we get- have breaking. We have breaking news. Well, actually, it doesn't matter now. But I, I guess I'm just telling you this. Uh, Braden Bishop has been recalled for Malik Smith
1: oh hell yes all right well (laughs) let's talk about it yep
0: so So, obviously this is so obviously this isn't news to anyone that's listening now this is breaking news to us because it just happened as we're recording uh wow (laughs) um wow i did not expect this at all but bishop had a great month of april in tacoma malix has had the complete opposite in seattle and i think this is a good opportunity for Malik to go down and and as we talked about last week when we were talking about him this is a great opportunity for him to figure things out and not hurt the team um and as for you know Braden bishop it's this is exciting man he's Going to give you a lot more defensive value at least, even if he struggles at the plate, he's probably not gonna struggle a lot more than Malik Smith, really. Uh hard to be and,
1: worse, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's going to give you a significant defensive upgrade.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And he's and he's going to get an opportunity to play a lot now because he's he's kind of the guy now in center field. And uh wow, this is this I'm I'm blindsided. I really did not expect this to happen.
1: And again, I think this is a it's something that I wrote about two days ago, three days ago or whatever. Um, It's something that we have been talking about for at least the last couple of weeks. Um, Just how bad Malik Smith looked and how it was not only hurting his team, the other 24 guys on this roster, every single time he would take the field or come to the plate. um, It was hurting Malik's. You get to a point where. It just you, they tried. It, they moved him down in the lineup. They gave him days off. They tried everything they could to fix this. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just gotta go down. I mean, there's just no other option. at At some stage, you're hurting yourself. Uh, we're hurting Malik's way more by having him stay up here and struggle. So we want to send you down to AAA where you can work on things. We're not going to be checking on your progress. Oh, well, I mean, fans, us. We're not gonna be, you know, closely following you down there in Tacoma and all that stuff. Um there's no pressure, take as long as you need. And I think this is a really smart move by the Mariners. And yeah, like you it's a little surprising that they actually made it. Um not that the Mariners don't have smart people. Um, but this is not ter- this has not traditionally been a move that the Mariners would make. Uh remember that they traded or they uh sorry. They uh they don't sit, remember Ackley how they kept him up way longer than they should have. They did it with Zanino. They did it with Smoke. Um, and again, different regime, different ownership. Everything's a lot different. Um, but hey, this is a Malik Smith is a guy who is going to be a part of your future, or at least they still think that he will be. Um, he's only 26. He has two options left. Uh, now he's down to one one option a year. Or so. You're not losing anything. Mal or uh, Braden Bishop is already on the forty-man roster, so you don't have to make any moves there. Um, and I hope you're right. I hope they brought up Braden Bishop to play. Uh, I don't like this move at all. If it means Hanniger is going to play, if Hanager is going to play center field, and Braden just going to sit on the bench for a week or two, that doesn't make any sense. Bishop needs to be playing. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, it was. Uh, the defensive upgrade is significant. Yeah. Uh,
0: It's yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's, um, you know, the reason that it's surprising, it's, it's not because of Malik's getting sent down. That was to be expected. However, and I was going to write about this tomorrow and I guess not anymore, (laughs) but, uh, maybe, but I figured that this was going to be a situation where they were going to look for outside help. Yep. Um, and to you know because just it didn't feel like it was time for braden bishop to come up. clearly it is and you know bishop's been good in uh in triple a um wrc wrc plus is not very favorable for him it's only a 96 however he's slashing 267 356 444 with uh three home runs 30 but, you know i mean it's it, I, I don't expect them to come up and mash, but I expect them to be probably a little more consistent. Again, as you said, it's hard to be worse. And and like we talked about, this is a significant defensive upgrade. Braden Bishop has the chance to be one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the Mariners just got a lot better defensively, uh, yeah. no matter how you look at it. This is, that is a significant upgrade. Even if Malik's is potential offensively, he's never viewed this kind of defensive value. So if Braden Bishop is playing on a regular basis. Now, if that's, if this is what that indicates, the Mariners just got a lot better.
1: Right. Um, and it's totally possible. He comes up and he struggles with the bat. Uh, he's it's his glove and his, uh, it's his glove and his uh, legs that are going to carry him to any big league success. Um, but I, I am, as I'm trying to get more information as we're recording, um, there's a very good tweet that came by from, uh, from uh, prospect insider Jason A. Churchill, a friend of the podcast or acquaintance or somebody who puts up with us at least. Um, he tweeted, uh, quote, if Brayden Bishop doesn't hit right away, especially in a small sample, Please refrain from pretending it's a full indicator that he can't. Basically, don't Vogel back this guy. Um, we don't know if he can hit or not, um, but we did see him in spring training. He looked good. We have seen there's a lot of more power this year. That's for sure in AAA. Um, he's already got like 10 extra base hits this year. He's a guy who can hit it in the. He's a guy who can hit it in the gap. He can run. Um, and like you mentioned, he's, he's a significant upgrade over Malik. Malik Smith is one of the five worst outfielders in baseball this year, uh, thus far, according to the metrics, uh, Braden Bishop is going to be in the upper 10%. Um, he's legitimate. The glove is a legitimate 65, 70 grade. The legs are legitimate. The speed is 60, 65 grade. The power is probably a 35, maybe a 40, which is what holds him back. Um, And the bat is a 50 grade. So um, if he can come up and give you anywhere near a league average, a league average slash line, Braden Bishop's a really good player. So, um, but again, we'll see how long they're willing to go with this because Malik Smith, again, and I can't stress this enough. Malik Smith is a part of the Mariners future. That is how they see him. They're not going to give up on him because he struggled for three weeks. That is not going to happen. You have not seen the last of Malik Smith. And even if Bishop comes up and just completely blows everybody's doors off, Malik Smith is going to work his way up to the Mariners. And he, maybe he ends up being the left fielder. And Domingo Santana moves to DH and Daniel Vogelbach's first baseman. You know, maybe that's how this works out. Um, but yeah. Malik Smith is going to be on this team at some point this year. And the Mariners have to see if what he is. Um and I can guarantee you he is a better player than what you have seen so far. Um, he may not be as good as he was in Tampa last year, but he is he's significantly better than what you've witnessed. So do yeah. not give up on Malik's. And don't crush Braden if he comes up and struggles at the plate for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, Malik's um, particularly, you know, a lot of his struggles can be attributed to just not having a spring training. Uh, and he's gotten into his head now it's it's really you can clearly see it's affected him because a lack of spring training doesn't make you forget how to catch a ball which is something that he's also struggled with. And, uh, you know, especially as of late, you look at San Diego, you look at Saturday night. So they're, they're just uh, there's just a lot going wrong for Malik. And it's clearly, it's just, it's hurting the team. And it's hurting him. It's just going to continue to kill his confidence. So let him, so they have now let him go to, to Tacoma. And now he can just work on him and just yeah. worry about him. And that that's what he needed, because right now he's in his head and the lack of spring training has has made him struggle because he's he's just behind and he needs that. He needs to treat Tacoma as a sort of extended spring training for himself.
1: Right. And you hope in the hope. I mean, everybody hopes that Malik understands why the Mariners did this. He doesn't take it as an insult. He takes it as an opportunity to go down, get right, and come back up and help the team. Um, And, you know, again, I don't know him personally, but based on everything I've read about him and heard about him, I think he is the type of guy who understands that. Um, He really had a wonderful sense of humor about being traded uh, that first time in 77 minutes. Um, So I, I don't know. I think he's the personality who understands baseball reasons and things like that. And he can go down there and just say, okay, this is my chance to get right and get back up and show people what I can really do. And I think that's his personality. Um, I don't think he's going to shut things down and just like, oh, well, you know, they gave up on me, blah, de blah, blah. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping. And I think that's the case. But we we don't know. We, we don't. So we'll see um, on that front. So... Um, there was one other note on uh, Bishop that I wanted to read um, from, uh, from again, from uh, Jason Churchill. Um, and it's important to note Churchill has not been a huge fan of Braden Bishop, the prospect. Um, not that he's thought he was a bad prospect or anything, um, but he's been yeah, you know, lower on him than some other people uh, uh most certainly us. Uh, And admittedly, our our love with Braden Bishop has a lot more to do, um, has a lot to do with what he does off the field as well. And we just can't quite separate those two players. Uh, But again, here, Jason Churchill's uh, good tweet here. If anything at all is clear about Bishop, the baseball player, it's that he has improved every month of every season since being drafted. Years ago, it was, can he hit 300 and walk 12% because there's no pop Now it's, well, there's a little bit of pop. So, you know, what can he do? Um, and it's, it's, it's awesome because Bishop is a hardworking kid. He has gotten better every single year. Um, still with some injuries and all that stuff, but I, it is impossible not to root. Um, it is possible not to root for Braden Bishop. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch tonight and I hope he's in the lineup, um, Brayden Bishop's my favorite prospect in the Mariners system. He's not the best, not really close to the best, but he's my favorite. So I'm pumped to see Bishop play for the Mariners.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. This is a it's another shoe to drop. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Justice Sheffield coming up on on Saturday and, and making his Mariner debut. Eric Swanson's been up for a while now. This is. Now the third shoe to drop, and it's it just keeps on going. This is it's still really just early on in the first phase of the future of the Mariners, and it's a huge, huge step forward. And if Braden Bishop is gives you defensive value, and 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 and, and he will, and uh, and gives you some sort of value offensively, that's a huge get for them. Um, yeah, it's so exciting. It's it, I'm I'm just. And you know, we obviously we didn't prepare for this. This happened in the middle of the podcast. And this is I I'm speechless, honestly, because I really just did not expect this. I did not expect Braden Bishop to be the one to get the call.
1: Yep. And uh, he is. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, especially for us, man, we have been on the Braden Bishop train for a long time. So um, it's, it's it's really cool. And if you guys don't know Braden Bishop's story all that I'm I'm certain they will touch on it during the broadcast um they'll tell it a lot better than we can but also we're running a little low on time so um I Braden Bishop's story has pretty well been uh, extensively covered you can find all of the stuff about that um on our website you can find it just by googling Braden Bishop uh they'll talk about it on the broadcast tonight I'm sure. Um, and uh, if you guys want to uh, help out his foundation, go to, uh, for mom, type in for mom and Google head to his website and make a donation because he, he does incredible stuff with, uh, with the dementia and Alzheimer's awareness. So, uh, make sure you guys do that. Um, but let's, let's get back to our, uh, our show sheet, um, <laughs> before the Bishop news broke, uh, we talked about Michael Givens and we both kind of decided, you know, if the price is right. He's a good pitcher. Why not? Um, The other name that we wanted to talk about is a former Seattle Mariner. That would be uh, Andrew Moore, the former second-round pick who was recently DFA'd by the Tampa Bay Rays. I wrote about him, uh, article dropped this morning. Make sure you guys check that out on uh, SotoMojo.com. So as you're listening to this, that would be yesterday uh, the article dropped. But make sure you guys check it out. I talk about whether or not Andrew Moore makes sense. And before I get to my point, I guess I'll ask you, Ty, are you interested in Andrew Moore at all? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> correct.
0: I, that is correct. Yeah. 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 I, uh, uh yeah, he's had a uh, Trevor Rosenthal numbers in triple a this year. <laughs> um, I just, and typically, I, I, I just, I don't really like him in general I, I i he's never shown me anything even when he was a prospect in the mariner's system i just i never really saw anything that made me go oh yeah this guy has something um and i was completely fine with him going when they when they traded for donard span and alex colomay last year yeah i don't i don't know i um unfortunately i haven't gotten a chance to read your article so if you're a little more higher on him you uh, s-o-b so- no (laughs) please 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 feel free to uh to you know share with the class how you feel about andrew Moore. uh
1: i i don't i i think your initial answer is the correct one eh, he's not he's not good um he's a fringe major leaguer uh he has a good change up right If you guys remember Andrew Moore at all, there's two things you probably remember about him. Pretty good changeup, throws a lot of strikes. That hasn't changed. It's just, sadly, nothing else has either. The fastball is still 89, 90 miles an hour. It's still pretty straight. Um, The curveball and slider are both 45-grade, below-average pitches. Um, And there's been no growth in the changeup or the fastball either, so... He's just kind of a fifth, sixth starter, maybe a fifth inning reliever, a guy that you know maybe he's can carve out a role as like a professional opener, get through the lineup once maybe. Um, he's just he's just kind of a guy. Andrew Moore's are kind of a dime a dozen when the Mariners selected him in the second round. This was the year, this was a few months before Depoto took over, I believe. Um, it was the last draft of the Zorinsic era. Uh, you know, they were hoping that he has a high floor. The changeup's good. Maybe we can add a mile or two per hour to his fastball and maybe the curveball or the slider, um, kind of shows up as a third pitch. It never did. Uh, you know, he got a small cup of coffee in Seattle and he was mediocre. I just, there's not a lot of upside there. So unless the Mariners think that they can teach him another pitch, um, which we've seen them do with the cutter for a lot of people. That could help, unless they think that they can refine his uh, his mechanics and uh, make the curveball or the slider a little bit sharper, a little bit of a better pitch, which they did with Connor Sadzik. Um, unless they think there's a certain uh, a grip change that they can make to the changeup to make that play up, which they did to Brandon Brennan, or unless they think that he can actually add miles per hour to his fastball. And we're talking at least two or three, um, which by the way, we've seen happen already with LJ Newsome. Um, Then I just, I don't see much of an uh, opportunity there. He's probably not better than LeBlanc. He's not better than Swanson. He's not better than Malone even. Um, So again, it's, it's similar to Givens where it's, if I can get him for free, as in it just cost me a waiver claim, uh, maybe. Um, ideally, he would just get cut. You know, he would just get waived and released by the Rays, and I could just pick him up on a minor league deal so I don't have to add him to my 40-man, then maybe. But other than that, he's just not – Andrew Moore is just kind of a dude who's a fringe major leaguer, and the Mariners don't need that in their bullpen, and they don't really need it in their rotation – um. So
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean... yeah. I I I'm not wasting a 40 man roster spot on him. That's just how it is. It's just I I I can't do that. Um. Andrew Moore is again, like you said, he's just a guy. He's not. He doesn't give you anything special. There's not really a whole lot to work with there, and any sort of development. Um, that he would require to be more than that is not worth the 40-man roster spot. It's going to take too, much, too long for him to just use that spot up. I just, it's not, if you can get him on a minor league deal, sure, whatever, you know, get you another body in there and see what you can do with him, but. Right. Soon as AAA,
1: too, maybe he makes yeah. a spot start. Maybe he's a, a Kikuchi, uh piggyback or something like that. But other than that. I just, I, like I said, unless there is a significant change the Mariners think that they can find in him, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And maybe there is. I mean, I don't want to shut the door completely. Maybe the Mariners do think, hey, we can we can get this guy up to 92, 93. And if they can't do that, that changes his profile significantly because Andrew Moore at 93 uh, versus 90 is – Significant. It is. The the changeup is that much better because the fastball is that much better and the command is still good. And all of a sudden, the slider and the curveball, if he's only going to be asked to go, you know, two, three innings, he doesn't need those pitches to be plus. But aside from that, yeah, he's, um, there's just not a lot of value. And by the way, uh, fun fact in his Big League career, his curveball spin rate is in the bottom 4% of all of baseball. That's how bad that pitch is. So, so I, yeah. I just, I'm going to say no, yeah. but we'll see. I would, I, I put it, yeah. I wouldn't be mad I, if they added him.
0: I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. Hail to the, no, to the, no, 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 <laughs> Hail no. Yeah. No, and I, I and, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good.
1: <laughs> yeah. When Ty's singing, that's usually the wrap it up sign. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, we did have one question, but I think we just found out the answer live on the uh, on the air, quote unquote, um, because our question was about uh, Malik Smith replacements. We pull it up here from Jordan. Um, at least give him a shout out, Jordan, our pizza man. Apparently, um, he did send us a question like he does pretty much every week, um, and he said. Um, would we prefer a trade for someone like Jackie Bradley Jr. or Delano Shields, or rather sign a free agent uh, to spell Malik Smith in his slump? Um, so the Mariners opted for neither. Uh, but let's let's answer the question. Um, is it too early for? Hell, the Mar-
0: you, hell yeah, on? I would love Jackie Bradley Jr. Will it happen? Hell no. But <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Jackie yeah.
1: Bradley Jr. has been awful. This year at the plate. But yeah, he's he's one of the best defenders in baseball. So
0: yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Um I don't know. I I I still think that they could look outside. Um I still really like the idea of Denard Spin. Uh if he uh you know if he's willing to come in and maybe play a little bit in the minor leagues just to get some, you know, get back into the swing of things and then call uh, get called up about a month later. Um, if he's willing to do that and also willing to play in the Mariners organization in general and play on the West coast. Um, yeah, I would absolutely love that. Um, right. And I think, I think right now it looks like Bishop and that's right. I
1: I think to clarify, I don't think span has a, has a beef with the Mariners organization other than the fact they're located on the West coast and his family lives in Florida. I think that's the issue. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't think it's a, I don't think he's anti mariner I think he's just anti-West Coast.
0: Yeah, um, no no no. That's that's not what I meant by what I'm saying. I was just Right, right. Um, I just want to clarify. He, yeah, is, is he willing to to go into a situation where the team might not be winning? Right. Uh, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen this month and beyond. Um might be a short-term fix. He might get and, released in a month. Yeah, and like I and and then like I said, is he going to be willing to take some time in the minors to get back into the swing of things? He hasn't played baseball this year, so um, yeah, that's uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But obviously, I love Denard Span. His time here was great. I think he really enjoyed his time here, um, especially with his uh, his involvement with his charity and what Lookout Landing did for, did with him and his charity and everything. I think that um, left a good taste in his mouth. Uh, with the organization and just everything with the C- city of Seattle, but um I just don't know if it's a great fit. But I love the player, and I would love to have him back. So, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think until Jay Bruce is traded, it just it's not. I mean, Span's a better player than Bruce, but that's not how these things work. You have to you have to stick with Bruce long enough that he can maybe retain or gain some uh, trade value. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't think the Red Sox in the two two examples the Red Sox aren't going to trade uh, aren't going to trade Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't think um, not for prospects certainly uh, not at this time at least. Maybe if they go into July and they're still a bad team for some reason, then maybe. Um, but yeah, they're going to want something to help them now, and I don't think the Mariners have something that they would willingly give up right now that is better for the Red Sox and Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, and as for, uh, Delino to De shields, uh, I don't know if the Rangers are selling. I, I, the Rangers are weird. I, I can't figure out what they're doing, um, because they're not a terrible team, but they're not a good team. Uh, they did nothing that looks like they wanted to rebuild this year, but they've said in the past, but they've been more than open about the idea of trading guys like Joey Gallo and Rubenetto dor and all those guys, which is, a a rebuilding move. So I, I don't know enough about what the Rangers are trying to do. Um, it, the shields is interesting. Um, crazy. We, fast. Liked,
0: we liked him in the, in the off season when we did yep. our little off season. Some, we actually acquired him, um, in our off season. Some, I forget who right. created in it. I
1: don't know. You can look that up. I don't even remember acquiring. I remember we talked about him. I don't know if we actually got him.
0: Yeah, we got him. We got him. Oh, it was for Ryan Healy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I I definitely do that trade. Um, But uh, yeah, the the nice thing about Delino is he is in the ninety seventh percentile in terms of uh, sprint speed. Uh, One of the fastest guys in baseball. Not hitting at all this year. One ninety two average. Three thirty seven on base, which is pretty good. Um, But a three hundred one slugging. He's just not he's
0: yeah at that point i i'm just taking brayden bishop because he's going to give you defensive value and you know he's younger and you think that maybe he can develop into something offensively right. so, he's yeah.
1: younger he's cheaper he might be a better hitter than delino um and you don't have to give up anything to acquire bishop you already have him um so i i don't think that i think delino is probably going to find his way to a i don't know a, like a new york yankees type of thing where they can put him on the bench and bring him up and, uh, you know, really, um, you know, they can really utilize him to the best of their ability. But he uh, like said it's one of those things I wouldn't be upset if either of them, if any of those guys happened, uh, they acquired any of them. I wouldn't mind. But uh, yeah, I just I don't see really a point. Delano De Shields is a pretty good defender um, as well. So. Um, but yeah, if those are the only options, then I would probably just roll with uh, bishop. Um so and that appears to be what they've decided to do. Um but it's a good question. Kind of this thing kind of got taken out of that one because, well, <laughs> mid uh mid recording, they the mariners made that decision for us. Um but the shields is the shields is probably a guy that we will talk about in June and July when we do our trade a day series. Uh, just because I do think there's some, there's something there. I think he walks a lot. He's really fast. Uh, he doesn't strike out a ton. I just, I don't know. I get a feeling that there's a little bit more to the shields than we've seen, and he's only 26. So maybe, um, but yeah, uh, overall, if those are the options. I'll just, I'll stick with Braden. Thanks. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for the question. Um, The other question we got was about how the Mariners could expand their uh, international presence. I have no idea. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about this
0: pre-show, and we (laughs) were just like, what?
1: (laughs) We were like trying, well, maybe we could pursue it from this thing. No, we have have nothing. The Mariners are really popular in Asia. That makes sense with uh, all the Japanese uh, connections that they have. Um, This comes from UK Mariner, at UK Mariner on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> I I believe he's from England, uh, based on his, uh, Twitter bio there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how popular baseball is in Europe in particular. I know it's growing in, uh, Greece and Italy. I know it's growing in those areas, um, a little bit in Spain and I know, uh, you know, but I don't know how it is in England. Um, I don't know how it is in you know, France, I, I don't know what Major League Baseball, the level of interest is there. So, without knowing that, I can't tell you how they can expand because I don't know what they're doing right now. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry about that. That, that's, uh, that question is above our pay grade. Uh, but thanks yeah, for asking.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, like, if you want to ask someone, uh, try Kevin Martinez. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Because I just, that's not. Uh, for us, we just you know, we're fans of the team, but we don't we're not marketing geniuses. <laughs> so uh no. although yeah,
1: I maybe uh maybe ask Lydia Cruz because I think she invented the vogie Hoagie, which is a new Daniel Vogelback themed sandwich, which is available uh at Safeco Field now. So maybe ask Lydia. She seems <laughs> to have
0: the good ideas. Oh yeah, and something we haven't talked about yet that we should this that happened this past weekend. Dave Sims, Mike Blowers, and Angie Mentek t- uh, yes. accepted Daniel Cornelius Vogelbach. They were like, oh, yeah, his middle name is Tyler. Whatever. Who cares about Tyler? Ty is a stupid name anyway. I agree. All I know
1: is that the middle name Cornelius has forever been thrown out into the the ether of Mariners fandom and it's floating around out there in multiple people's minds now. Um, so if you guys want to join us in our, uh, in our efforts to, uh, get Daniel Vogel back to where Cornelius on his back for the uh, players weekend, uh, thing in August, then, uh, by all means, feel free to uh, tweet him. Uh, don't hassle him, please. Um, (laughs) Uh, it's not that big of a deal, but, uh, I don't know, it'd be really fun. And we, we would like to get that. Uh, I don't know what you want to that. It's not a rumor. Cause everybody knows it's not true, but I don't know. I kind of want to get that. Let's just push that a little bit and see where it lands with us. Um, but yeah, roots, uh, Dave Sims, Mike Blowers, and Angie Mentank have all heard, uh, our suggestion of Cornelius as the middle name for Daniel Vogelback. So, um, I guess the next step is for uh, Dave Sims to on the broadcast, maybe say here's Daniel Cornelius Vogelback," back um, <laughs> or just call him Cornelius or something like that. So we'll keep, we'll keep pushing that. That's a, that's a big credit to uh, Colton. Um, I believe it was Colton who uh, coined the name Cornelius. That was kind of his, yep. uh, I know he was certainly the first one looking for his middle name um, and he's obviously the biggest fan of Vogelback at the, uh, at the website. So that was a big day for Colton. I uh, got his tweet on TV. He also got Dave Sims and Mike Blowers to accept Cornelius as a good middle name for uh provoki. So um it was it was a fun day. It certainly was. Um
0: Yeah. That was uh well and I got a funny story about that. So I'm 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 cleaning, you know, and I'm like uh <laughs> uh and all of a sudden I hear uh Angie Mentic said Daniel Cornelius Vogelback. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm not thinking you know, I'm not paying a whole lot of attention. I'm like, that sounds familiar. And I'm like, wait, what did I just hear? <laughs> and I and I rewound it and heard it again. and I I, I, I thought I died. I thought I died <laughs> and, I, and, and and this was a, a dream. Uh, this was uh, I, I, I I was so shocked. I was like, what is going on? What is happening? This is what? <laughs> is our, did you
1: be honest? Did you think our one in like a billion chance of him actually being named Vogelback was or uh, Cornelius was confirmed? Is there any I'm... party where you're like, oh, my God, we were right.
0: Well, that's what I thought at first. I was like, "Wait, did Colton get it right? Is his name Cornelius?" <laughs> and, then, and they were like, "Oh no, it's Tyler." And I'm like, "Well, that's stupid. Give him Cornelius." And then they they kind of agreed too. They were like, "I like Cornelius better." Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> boom. Your move, Daniel. Your move.
0: I and, think... it, and, and it and it just so happened that Colton wasn't around right when that happened. Like right. Colton came like five hours later. I think he was just at. Like,
1: I think he was at In He was at the movies watching In I think um so yeah he was quiet for the end and then he just showed up like five hours like oh my god
0: so yeah Yeah, i I remember i went into our group i went into our group and i was like guys guys (laughs) (laughs) did you see that did you see that yeah Yeah. so that that was a huge moment for us (laughs) it, it
1: really was much bigger than it should be sadly but uh those are the kind of things we get excited about so and i don't know daniel you know i don't think anybody's been as uh as big of an advocate for your cause as us. So I don't know. Maybe throw us a bone and
0: uh I don't know. Wear Cornelius at players weekend, please. <laughs> I will buy okay. I will tell you this. I will make this promise right now on the air. If if he wears Cornelius at players weekend, I will buy Colton that jersey. I will literally <laughs> buy Colton that jersey.
1: There you go. So there is uh there is some incentive there and also it'd just be really fun. Um so yeah you guys feel free to tweet Daniel Vogelback uh maybe tweet a few of the reporters and kind of say hey do you think maybe you could mention this i don't know do whatever you think you can do um it would just be i think honestly the next the the best thing that we could hope for is that Vogelback actually hears it um i i, I maybe gets a chuckle out of it uh i think that would just be great it would be a big payoff for Colton who's been Um, as much as we have advocated for Vogelback the last, I don't know what, since the Japan series, um, that has been Colton's commitment to the guy for the last three or four years. Um, and so I, I think that, I think that's just a really cool thing for Colton that he kind of, you know, he got that out there and, uh, (laughs) it would just, it would just be amazing if Daniel could just even like just hear it and just, just respond to it. You know, not even like, he doesn't have to like it or anything, but I don't know. Like, it's, I, I don't know anybody who's been a bigger Vogel back, uh, advocate than, uh, than Colton. So it was just, it was just a really cool moment, um, for us here. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you guys. It probably doesn't. Uh, but it, it was just cool for us in our, uh, in our website, in our little group. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun to see. So, yeah. um, I don't know, we should just start like putting Cornelius as his middle name in all of our articles. See if that catches cool. on.
0: <laughs> I have already been doing that. Yes. Yeah, so when you- uh, when we do our player uh, player of the game uh things in our takeaway articles, I I always refer to him as Daniel Cornelius Vogelback. <laughs> there you go. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to we're going to stick with Cornelius whether he likes it or not. So uh yep. he, he'll always be Cornelius Vogelback to us. Uh yep. so Unless you have anything, uh, anything else you want to add, Ty, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, what a, what a weird and strange and fun first month it was, uh, especially, you know, getting capped off there with the, with the Colton thing with, with Vogie and everything. It's <laughs> just, it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride thus far. And, uh, you know, Braden Bishop is now with the team and, uh, that's a pretty cool way to end the month of April. And uh, we'll see how he does tonight. Obviously, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, he has likely started against the Cubs. I would assume. Um, you know, we we haven't seen uh, lineups yet for that, but I hope it goes well. I, I'm I'm I, I'm really excited about that, and uh, just looking forward to how this youth movement continues for the Mariners, and you know, maybe this, maybe this team uh, could use that, and uh, and if they're you know maybe maybe we got something special here you never know and i don't know i'm saying this after back to back like 14 run losses or whatever it was <laughs> 15 run losses but you know it's uh there there is no such thing as too much optimism in baseball but it's always you know it's uh it's it's better than being a pessimistic butt about it right. <laughs> i almost i almost swore on the podcast but i don't want to get yelled at what <laughs> by the fence right. what, what is
1: the point of being I, I don't understand the point of being a pessimistic sports fan I, I really don't um, and like being so like proud about it you know what I' mean? like oh I knew that they would blow up. like dude why do you exist like if you're so angry about one loss or you're so proud of the fact that you knew that a team that everybody thought was gonna be mediocre is mediocre like what do you what are you getting from that? So,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of like what we're saying right now, uh, you know, after like the NFL draft and stuff, everyone wants to talk about how pl- teams reached for their for these players. It's like, dude, you don't know what their boards are like, just because your mock draft had this guy in the seventh round and this other team took him in the third round, like kind of the Cody Barton situation with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I bet you like Cody Barton's probably like on at least like a he's like a, round, a third round grade on like most teams boards. Because that's just, you know, you just you don't know everything. You're a fan when it comes down to it and being pessimistic and just trying to, you know, ruin everyone's day and be like, oh, if you're Jared Stanger, or however the hell you pronounce his last name, if you're that guy, no one likes that guy. Don't be that guy. Like <laughs> Shots <laughs> so, fired. Not don't that he'll ever that hear guy. them, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll, 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 he's already blocked me. Who cares? Can't block this podcast.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, you don't listen to it anyway, so what are you going to do now? i listen to it more. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I just – I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things, man. I just – you're a fan. You don't have all the information. And you might be right, but you're not right because you have more information than these teams. Um, it's physically impossible for you to have all the information that these teams do because you're just not around these guys. You don't have the the contacts or any of that stuff that these that these coaches – and GMs do so um, I think it's perfectly fine to be critical of moves that GMs make um, but I think it's dangerous to sit here and say things like you know um, man the Seahawks for just because it happened recently and we'll probably say this when the Mariners draft in June as well is like man the they could have had him in the fifth round why do they take him in the third well I think if they thought they could get him in the fifth round, they probably would have waited. Um, yeah. and it's the same thing we heard last year. Remember, it's a good good uh, good Mariners example. Last year they took Josh Stowers in the second round. Um, uh, and I wasn't a big fan of that. There were better players on the board that I liked more. Um, and I like I think MLB pipeline had him like 150. Then him is like a fifth, sixth round pick. Um And so that was kind of the information everybody was working off of. Well, come to find out this offseason, the Yankees were going to take Stowers with their second round pick. Um, And we know that because they traded Shed Long to get Stowers. So, um, yeah, we don't know other teams who's on other teams boards. We don't know what these teams have in mind, what they see, what they look for. Um, So, yeah, I just it's just one of those things, man. I don't I don't know if Braden Bishop is going to hit in the big leagues. I don't. Could he? Yeah. Could he not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, not going to be pessimistic about it. And I'm not going to be pessimistic over 20 games if he's struggling, you know, like Jason Churchill was, was tweeting about It's it, Look, um, I believe in, in, in organizations to know a lot more than I do about these certain, certain things. I believe in, uh, players that are a hell of a lot more talented than I ever, I ever will be <laughs> at a sport. And, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm of the belief that just things happen how they're supposed to happen. Uh, I You know, I you can get caught up in the speculation and all that, and that's fun. You know, no matter what the sport is, you know, and, and you know, again, going back to a more recent uh, example, like with the draft and stuff, you like, again, like, y- y- yeah, y- Mel Kiper may have said that one guy was going to go at this spot, and then he went in, you know, at an earlier spot. But you don't know that, like, and you could say that, oh, well, yeah, well, they could have gotten him in the fourth round. You don't know that. (laughs) Like, you don't know that. You don't know that. It's like the Rashad Penny situation. The Browns were probably going to take him at 32 or the Patriots. Like, they, like, just because he had a second round grade doesn't mean that he was going in the second round that's just that's just how things are and it's it's the same for every sport and and when it comes to to the mariners and someone like Braden bishop you just have to see you just have to wait and see and and that's all you can do as a fan because even the people that spend hours speculating and all this stuff the reason why they're involved in that is because they're fans first and Mm -hmm. foremost and that never changes even if you even for us who you know learn more and and think that we know at least a l- little more than the you know than your average casual fan even with that and the research that we do and stuff we're still fans mm-hmm. and uh just because you know we get paid to talk about the mariners and stuff and even people that are much higher up than us that talk about the mariners for other outlets and everything they're still fans. money for a lot, more money. For a, lot <laughs> more money for a hell of a lot more money right. but <laughs> but that's not in my business, <laughs> but you know, but they, they're still fans at heart and that's what it comes down to. And they don't know everything. And and that's not to say that they're bad at what they nope. do, but pessimism shouldn't be drawn from a grade or, um, you know, uh, you know, some projection or anything like that.
1: It's somebody else's work. See the, th- the problem is is that like just using this example of you mentioned him earlier like Cody Barton, um, yeah. I'm willing to bet that everybody who complained about that pick never even knew who that guy was. They're just focusing on somebody else. They go to some their favorite website, draft board, and say, "Oh, that guy was you know the 200th player ranked by this guy. Why is he going 70th or whatever it was?" Um, because that guy doesn't know what the Seahawks know. Um, just like Stowers was ranked 156 on this MLB pipeline, why is he going 50th?
0: Because of the Mar- the
1: Mariners really wanted him, and if they didn't take him, the Yankees were going to take him. I, yeah,
0: and I just and when we, we don't know what
1: everybody else knows,
0: and when we look at the MLB draft, you know, a guy that's probably going to fall, and a lot of people are going to wonder why is Carter Stewart, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be another one of those situations. Is like why is everyone passing on Carter Stewart? Why did the this team take this guy over Carter Stewart? You know, it's like right. because these teams know more than you do. They have scouts. They mm-hmm. they have people who are they talk directly inc- right? to
1: the players that yeah, they're going to yeah. draft.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing. There are situations where guys just straight up do not fit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people wanted to talk about like uh, with the Seahawks. You know, some of the guys that they visited with. It's possible that these guys came to, you know, that they pass up on these guys that came to the VMAC and stuff. It's possible that when they came to the vmac they didn't like them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's just that, that happens. And it's just right. the more, those teams and, and all who are involved in those situations, no matter what the sport, they just automatically know more than you because they have the, they have the resources mm-hmm. you don't. Right. And it's just, you know and you can go off of your you know your sources and all that but really what it comes down to is you don't know more than the than the team does and so you know in some things they don't work and sometimes people are right about their evaluations but still being pessimistic and going out of your way to be pessimistic and saying, well, because like I was reading the, the Walter football grades and it's the stupidest thing. It's like, well, I had this guy as my 211th player and they took him seventy seventh. Okay. Who cares? Cool. Good for you. <laughs> like, like, okay. so, I, like just, <laughs> I don't like even
1: like we're throwing a lot of shade at other people. I'll throw shade at myself here last year. Just last year, the Mariners were on the clock with, I believe the 14th pick. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And Brady Singer was still on the board and I didn't think there was any chance they were going to get Brady Singer. I had watched Brady Singer. I liked Brady Singer. I'd read a lot about Brady Singer. He was very highly ranked in a lot of uh, publications and he just kept on falling and falling. And they got to the Mariners and I was like, Oh my God, please take him. And they took Logan Gilbert instead. And I didn't love that pick. Um, uh, You know, I thought Gilbert was fine. Like that's not a reach or that's not a bad pick. I just wanted Singer more. Is anybody complaining? Am I complaining right now that Logan Gilbert's a Seattle Mariner? <laughs> no. So yeah. I just, yeah. we don't know. Our evaluations can be different. And like I said, just because sometimes I'm right about a player that the Mariners end up being wrong on, they're still wrong based on more information than I had. Mine was more luck based. Theirs was just, you know, knowledge. Um, so, like I said, just one of those things, man. Just. Don't give up on a guy or don't just assume that because the guy's a Mariners prospect, he's going to fail or because, you know, so-and-so has him ranked 20th in the system. That means he's a bum and all that. We, we don't know. Nobody knows. And that's what makes sports fun. If we all knew we were all right all the time, what would even be the point? So uh, make sure you guys watch Braden Bishop's debut, which is hopefully uh, tonight as we're recording for you, that would be yesterday. Um, So, Hopefully Bishop goes out there. He can get himself a base knock, get on the board that way, make a couple nice plays in center field, prove that he belongs, and we can all just kind of celebrate what is who is truly a an awesome human being um, in Braden Bishop, and uh, just celebrate without pessimism the fact that uh, you know he's doing good things and he's trying to uh, trying to cement his. Uh, his career in the big leagues right now, so make sure you guys just watch all that and just just enjoy it, man. Maybe he goes zero for four with four strikeouts, but just enjoy that you're getting to watch this journey that this guy's on because um, it really is a treat. So um, yeah. just enjoy, just enjoy it, guys. It's yeah, um, a great
0: moment for the person too. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, you're making, yeah, you're making, you know, because uh, like, yeah, he made his debut technically in Japan, but this is his debut. You right. know, getting to do it at home in Seattle, there's nothing better. Right.
1: So um, that's going to wrap up our podcast here, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you uh, visit the website, SotoMojo.com. We have a a bunch of new content up about the couple of uh, players that we talked about in today's podcast. Um, We we also have a series that we're going to start in May that will probably start next week, um, and we'll talk about it then. Maybe during the next uh, series preview podcast, we'll talk about it. As well, Um, But we have a new series coming up that we're pretty excited about as well. So make sure you guys go to SotoMojo.com so you don't miss that. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast um, so you don't miss any new episodes. We record three a week, uh, usually, almost always, sometimes more, but usually never less. Uh, In season, we're doing three podcasts, so don't miss any of those episodes. Um, Make sure you guys, if you guys want to talk to us, uh, get a hold of us, uh, have suggestions or complaints or article ideas or Anything that you guys want to bounce off us at all, the best way to do that is on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. You can also try to reach us on Facebook and Instagram, but we're going to be a lot slower to answer those. We spend most of our social media time on uh, Twitter, so make sure you follow us there, at SotoMojoFS. And I think that's going to wrap everything up here, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening again, and we will see you in another life. Peace.